So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. So Sarah, Marlon Humphrey has revealed that Titans defensive end Jeffrey Simmons came over to pick a fight with Odell Beckham Jr. post-game Sunday in London, and it got to a point where security actually had to get involved to break it up. Yeah, and that revelation from Marlon, of course, led to media asking OBJ about the incident. And while he didn't want to add more fuel to the fire, he did make it very clear, Bobby, that he will always have Zay Flowers back. And if that leads to trouble, so be it, OBJ says. Oh, yeah. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Thursday, October 19th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault presented by our friends at Game Time. So more good news on the injury report. The Ravens welcome back outside linebacker Odafe Owe at practice on Wednesday for the first time since he went down in week two with an ankle injury. And also uh, we'll get the latest on Tyus Bowser and that whole situation. And Bobby, the more answers we get, (laughs) the more confusing the situation becomes. Bizarre is not even the right word anymore. I don't know what to use. Plus, Lamar Jackson was asked point blank to address a couple things. Rashad Bateman's slow start plus their lack of chemistry and what's going on with the red zone deficiencies of late. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So, Bobby, we all know that Marlon Humphrey, he's got his new podcast. Um, the uh, Now I'm just forgetting it. What's the name of his podcast? The Fruit the Punch podcast. podcast. The Punchline. Okay, I, keep, I kept thinking of Fruit Punch. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so he's got that new podcast. And, you know, I've listened to pretty much all the episodes. And, you know, Marlon, while he's, he's kind of fun and whatever, he usually tries to keep things uh, that shouldn't get out. You know, he usually doesn't go there, but he was shocked that it didn't get out that um, Jeffrey Simmons, remember he and Odell Beckham Jr. got into a small scuffle on the field after Simmons targeted Zay Flowers kind of ankles, knees, lower leg area. OBJ took exception to that. We've covered that before. But what we didn't know is that Simmons went there after the game. And now I know why... Marlon was surprised he didn't get out because look at these pictures that are now emerging. This is after the game, Bobby. Look at Simmons went up to him. He's got a fistful of OB, OBJ's jersey and his red glove. OBJ has his hands on Simmons trying to get his jersey free. 
and Simmons got his, you know, it's just like, what is going on here? More pitchers that emerged is Matabike. Looks like he tries to come in. Matabike doesn't have his uh, helmet on. You can see, I don't know, these look like team personnel, maybe some, some personal security guards getting in there. But Matabike clearly having his teammates back. And then uh, just one more with Beckham and, and, and Jeffrey Simmons. So now I know why Marlon Humphrey was like, wait a minute, this isn't out there. It's got to be out there because it was right there for media to capture. It's, that's, that's where all this is. So let's go over to Marlon. He'll get the details of what he saw. And then we'll come back and get OBJ. I don't think that got, got out. I don't think what, why what happened, dude, I'm sitting there after the game. A jersey swapped with a dude. So, like, it took me a while. So, I'm, like, taking my jersey off, and, like, I saw Jeffrey Simmons. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he's looking like this. Helmet on. Helmet on. Helmet on. I'm like, oh, he must got, like, family on the, on the, on our team or something. <laughs> he's still just looking. So, like, I'm over trying to take the jersey on my path. He's just. And then I walk up to him. Like, I'm thinking, like, oh, he, oh, he wants to show me love. Like, he, he respects my game. So, yeah, bro. And, like, he. He wasn't like, I really just went up to him. He wasn't waiting on me either. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like go holler at somebody. And then as I'm, my back's turned to him, our guy goes, Rodney, Rodney. <laughs> starts yelling, Rodney's our security's name. And I'm like, anytime you start yelling security, like Rodney, Rodney, like fr freaking out. I turn around. Odell and Jeffrey are like fighting. No way. Bro, I'm pretty sure Odell's grabbing his face mask like, they had to get separated and everything. I don't know how this has not hit like <laughs> the media. Crazy, dude. He wanted the fade from getting that pi that Odell. <laughs> he wanted the fade from that. Like he really but crazy. Surprised that it didn't get out either. Uh, we should also note that those those photos that we shared at the top those are courtesy of Ryan Pierce, uh, Getty Images photographer based in the UK. And when I'm listening to this, Sarah, in the airport in London Heathrow earlier today. It's been a crazy day. I, I'm I'm watching it and I'm listening to it and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this had to have happened like in the tunnel. That's like, what I the thought. Stadium, right? That, well, yeah, that's what I thought, which I was like, well, maybe they didn't see it because it was in the tunnel. This, no, this is on the field as they're right. just finishing up. Right. I think a lot of us probably felt that until these surfaced. And yeah. so for, for this to have happened, essentially, and I'm kind of bumming that I wasn't paying attention because... I hung around. I didn't want to leave the stadium. It was such an awesome experience that my brother and I and his buddy, we, we just sat there kind of in awe uh, of the the overall venue itself and not yeah. wanting to leave while, and also just waiting for traffic and whatnot to, to file out. I, I don't know how, if, if I didn't see it, reporters on the field didn't see it. Like, I'm with Marlon. I'm, I'm pretty shocked that it didn't get out. Now, look, we're going to get to Odell in just a second here. Is this something that should have? Is this something that should have gotten out? Like, I, I don't know. I don't really care. I don't know. I mean, you didn't see it. Maybe there's part. I mean, media is like running to like. I know, I know, like the Baltimore Sun and everybody that's up in the press box. They're trying to run down to where the post game pressure is going to be. They're finishing their stories. Maybe somebody on the field. I mean, again, the Getty guy got it. There's, there's. Well, no, there's I'm saying from Marlin's standpoint. Oh, from Marlin's standpoint. Uh, I don't you know? know. I don't. I don't care. I mean, these players have have their podcasts. Um, 
I don't like it when like players throw each other under the bus when it comes to like, Hey, it was his fault that we didn't score in the red zone or, you know, it was his fault or give uh, this stuff. It's like, this is, I don't, I don't like what Jeffrey Simmons did. Like to me, to me, that's more what I want to analyze. Like he, listen, sometimes things can get heated in the middle of the game, right? You, they still have to be professionals in the middle of the game, but I have definitely more understanding if like, if they're going at it in the middle of the game, cause this is, you know, a violent physical game and you get ticked off in the middle of it. But this is like him waiting afterwards. Like, this is like, I can't remember when did this play occur? Was it even in the second half? Like, I can't remember. It certainly wasn't towards the end of the game. Mm. And so like for him to like go back, I don't like it when these things spill beyond the game itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like to see that. So for him to like go over looking for him and Marlon's trying to like dab him up thinking that's what it's all about, but he's still steaming and trying to like have a fight spill over from that moment. And that's why when we listen to OBJ, I like that OBJ was like, OBJ is trying to downplay it for sure. So I don't know. Yeah. You can maybe criticize Marlon. I don't because I don't feel like he's throwing like a, uh, I don't know. I don't. It was pretty clear that that OBJ wanted to move on, um, and so that's between OBJ and Marlon, I'm sure. But I don't. I personally don't have a big problem with him talking about it on his podcast. I think if it happened in the tunnel, like we both thought it did, mm. that's one thing. Yeah, it was wide open in the area. Like, how did this go unreported? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. So, so the fact that it happened in the middle of the field, in front of an emptying stadium. I think allows more leeway in order yeah. to tell it on the on the podcast. But uh, remember too, we we mentioned this in the post game show. Jeffrey Simmons has a track record. None of this is surprising whatsoever. This is the same guy who Marshall Yonda claims in his final game as a Raven in the the divisional round playoff game that they lost to Tennessee. He's claim he claims that Jeffrey Simmons spat in his face. And if you go and look at the track record, that's not all he's done in the league in terms of behavior that's become a trend. So I like this in the sense that if that was Marlon's main goal of of, of letting everybody know what this guy's about, even kind more so than we already Simmons. know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Then then I think that's very fair. Let's get to Odell. He talked a little bit about it with reporters on Wednesday in the locker room. That you and Jeffrey Simmons got into a fight. Uh, can you tell us anything about it? I don't recall. Um, to be honest, you know, we're on the Detroit. <laughs> like, I got a, almost a two-year-old. I got other shit I'm worried about. There's nothing. You know, people people understand what my name holds, the way they try and do things to, to come up off that, and you just... I got to the point where I realized that and you just can't let people capitalize. So there's nothing really to talk about. It's, this would be water under the bridge. <laughs> it's just probably a small hot topic right now, but it's there. That's but, but I mean, it sounds like he came after, like came after you after you were hey, we got We got on the helmet, shoulder pads. We're out here playing football. This is not MMA. There ain't nothing. Football players. Oh, this Odell, like you said, you guys play football. For you, when we see those types of plays happen all the time, with guys that get into it, is it is it over for you after that play? Is it? How it was it dead when we won. Sent him on the way home. We had a great flight home, and we come in here, we watch the film, and we're worried about Detroit. I'm not worried about them. See him in the playoffs, maybe. You know, that's that's it. But other than that. 
So that was the that was a video cut by Jonas Schaefer. It looked like he got it off of his phone. So not the highest quality audio, but uh, appreciate him and getting that. So uh, here's what I like from from Od so what I like about that is Odell is like, listen, I know that people are trying to use my name, this and that, and I'm just he just wasn't gonna give more fuel to the fire afterwards. You know what I mean? Um, which, you know, maybe, and again, he and him, he and Marlon will have words if he has a problem with, with Marlon revealing it, I'm sure he'll, he'll talk about it. But I thought that, um, OBJ handled those questions well. And I liked the, my favorite is like, it was over when we won and we sent him back out on the plane to go home. <laughs> like we're moving on to Detroit. If we happen to see him in the playoffs again, then we'll think about him. But otherwise, like. I'm done. It's it's bridge under the water. Like he just wasn't going to give more oxygen to the fire. I thought he handled that really well. Shows the the maturation as well, right? Like they they got the W. It's in the past. Let everybody else discuss it, and and you're on to Detroit. Like he said, the next layer of this is where Zay Flowers comes into play, because this is how we got here in the first place because of the low hit, the cheap shot on Zay. A lot of folks. Obviously, his teammates and, and people in Baltimore and John Harbaugh even uh, uh, suggested that this was one of the plays that he sent into the league in terms of a review, as they do every single week for various things to New York. Uh, Odell described what he saw on that play and how he obviously didn't take kindly to it. To the field, I mean, he, he had that hit, low hit on Zay. Was that sort of the inside hit? Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk. You know, people, hey, we talk out of, on the field. Like, that's cool. Um, but I just seen personally, he's chasing down the play, he's tired. I watched him look at the play, then look at his legs and try and like dive on him. And I just didn't like that. Um, you know, and I'm protecting him. This is my guy. This is my little bro. Love him to death. Like, I'm going to always have his back, period. And if that leads me into trouble, it is what it is. Yeah, I love that because, Bobby, you know I've been calling for teammates to have each other's backs. And I just think that I, I like the chemistry in this in this locker room. People had claimed for so long, oh, OBJ is going to get jealous of, of of Zay. The exact opposite has happened. Zay easily leads the wide receivers in targets. He has he leads in snaps, all that kind of stuff. And it's the opposite of what's. He's not jealous of Zay. He's fighting on behalf of Zay. And, and I love that he like. Gave the details of what he saw. It wasn't just like, oh, I saw it of the corner of my eye. It looked like he may have targeted his, his his legs. Like he's like, I saw him. Like I watched him like eyeball his legs and then dive at it. So what's what's awesome also, OBJ is five foot eleven and two hundred pounds. Jeffrey Simmons is six foot four, has five inches on OBJ, and three hundred and five pounds, has a hundred and five pounds on Odell. You tell, I mean, Odell does not back down. And that, that is, I love to see that. I love to see that, that he just, he had his back. And at the same time though, he had it in the middle of the game to be like, don't try that stuff on us in this game. But then he has the wherewithal to be like, ah, oh, it's water under the bridge. It's water under the bridge. Like, let's just, let's just move on. So I love that. Like, don't let it spill over, but take care of business within the game. He's a seasoned vet. He's a father. He's got a two-year-old at home, as he said, and, and that changes you, I would imagine. You're not going to deal with this this nonsense, especially after a win, and you're getting ready for one of the best teams in all of football, definitely and possibly in, in the NFC, 
in the Detroit Lions. Before we get to the outside linebacker room, we have to tell you about this episode's sponsor, and that is our friends at Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And hey, speaking from personal experience, uh, having used the app for several months now, maybe even longer than that, honestly, I love the last-minute feature that Game Time provides. It gives you complete views of your seats. There's always flash deals popping up left and right, so it's perfect for my schedule that's constantly changing, especially during football season. I've had my fair share of frustrating ticket-buying experiences in the past, but Game Time runs such a smooth and convenient operation that I have nothing, nothing but positive things to say. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in just seconds with two taps, and you're taking the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and if you use code RAVENSVAULT, that's R-A-V-E-N-S-V-A-U-L-T, You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account. You can redeem code RAVENSVAULT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's get to the big news on the injury front. And just in terms of practice, Sarah, it's always good to see number 99, who prior going down with that ankle injury in week two, was one of the league leaders in pressures. He's been disruptive. We know it's a big year for him just in terms of what's to come and his future with the organization and, and whatnot and his ongoing development. But a, a good sign, obviously, uh, indeed, that he's back out there. Don't know what that might mean for his status uh, on Sunday against the Lions, but they do need a little bit of help, even though Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy have been great stories. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to get you know further and, and, and bolster that unit. Yeah, well, Clowney himself was asked, like, how do you feel about Odafe coming back? And he's like, oh, I like it because I'm tired of getting chipped, like chip locked, you know? He's like, I'm tired of that. So, uh, and then he went on to say, you know, um, you know, Odafe always a, is a dog. We can always use more dogs. And just like, like, he just, it's just like, I, the more the merrier was kind of his attitude. One other thing that Clowney said, uh, <laughs> he was asked about the Lions and if it's the best offense that they've faced so far. And he said that, yes, they were. And it was by far, by far the best offense. So this obviously uh, will be, um, you know, a measuring stick in, in, of sorts because he was highly complimentary of, of Jared Goff. And we played uh, audio earlier where Dan Orlovsky said that he feels like Jared Goff is in the MVP conversation. So that's obviously up to de for debate. But the fact that he's even being mentioned lets you know um, – how well he's playing that he's just even being mentioned in that conversation. So you, like you said, who knows if he'll be back this week, he was limited in practice. Uh, but this is a, an excellent sign, uh, just to go throughout the rest of the injury report. So Jadavian Clowney, he had a rest day, so he didn't practice Malik Harrison who went down with that concussion. He returned to practice on a limited basis. Remember John Harbaugh said that he was already clearing those concussion protocols. Kevon Seymour with that ankle, he did not practice. Brent Urban, neck, did not practice. And then we knew this would happen. Marcus Williams with the hamstring, he obviously is also dealing with the chest, but with the hamstring, he did not practice. Remember from Monday, John Harbaugh said 
that he would be iffy this week and then they would go from there. Yeah. I had a couple takeaways just listening to to Jadavian too. I thought that that he was interesting in the sense that he had a lot of good things to say about the organization, obviously first and foremost, which which he's already mentioned before. But coming off there were questions, right? I can remember John McLean, our, our first guest of the year for the Houston perspective, who spent a lot of time in covering Jadavian earlier on in his career. At that point, we were sort of wondering, well, what happened in Cleveland? You know, is this guy a locker room cancer or is this guy an issue? How, how did things end? Da, 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 da. And and whatever, like things ended the way they did for him out there. And I'm sure a lot of people are saying different things and will always say different things about how things came to a close in Cleveland. But you talk about night and day just in terms of where he's at right now. <laughs> I mean, he's, he seems like he's enjoying himself. He's producing and he's taking on a leadership role too and going out of his way to talk up a guy like Adafi Owe. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, I, I appreciated that. And I also appreciated <laughs> what he had to say about probably a future NFL head coach. And I don't know, it could be soon. I don't want to say that and get people all riled up because we all love Mike McDonald, but listen to Jadavian Clowney rave about his defensive coordinator. Mike might be the smartest defensive coordinator. He put everybody in position to make plays. And the stuff he draw, I'd be like, Mike, keep dialing it up. Keep dialing it up, man. I enjoy playing for him. Like I said, man, the, he, he, he makes sure he put the game plan together and we try to go out there and execute. And I respect him, the way he prepare us and have us ready to go into the games. And I just love playing for Mike. Yeah, so loves Mike. Also loves his defensive line. Them dogs on the inside. I think them. I told them today, man, that's the best D-tackle group I played with. And it make my life a lot easier when you got three, three guys that can go in there and just push the pocket and knock everybody back and shut the run down and make our lives easier on the edge so you can do anything. It's, it's wide open. You can run past the quarterback, run the hoop, come back. Some teams I've been on where it's been hard for you to run past the quarterback because you had that middle push. And with them guys on the inside, it's just like, that's their bread and butter. <laughs> That's giving major love to Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, Justin Matabike. These guys that that like you don't see him pop up in the box score often, right? But these guys are impacting the game. They're stopping the run. They're they're strong at the point of attack. They're in the trenches. That's where it gets done. And that's where that talk about tone setting. It's been such a great defensive display now through six weeks of football. It starts. It really starts and ends there for these guys. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Bobby, yeah, I mean, he's obviously very happy, and it's good news that Odafe always coming back, and that leads us to, um, you know, questions about Tyus Bowser, which we've covered this week. Uh, but the last time we covered it is John Harbaugh said that Tyus Bowser had a decision to make. Now, initially, I thought, huh, I wonder if he had a setback and he has to decide if he needs to have surgery. I no longer think that that is the case. <laughs> um, yeah. But he said, he said, you'll have to ask Tyus that. Now, I feel like we got closer to answers, but not because we heard from Tyus. Tyus actually got me more confused. So Tyus goes on um, the Glenn Clark show. He has similar to what we have, and we have Roquan on weekly. It's kind of like our Roquan inside the vault with Roquan Smith. So they have a weekly show with the press box, uh, Glenn Clark. Um, our girl Rita over there and Tyus goes on about once a week. So uh, he goes on pretty quickly, pretty, yeah, pretty quickly after Harbaugh said that you'd have to ask Tyus. So they're like, all right, well, we have the Tyus Bowser show. So let's ask Tyus. Like I said, I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm on the field. I'm moving around very well. I'm just gaining more and more confidence each and every day. Uh, not only on the field, but you know, in the training room, I have great people around me, uh, great support staff and, I feel like myself is, you know, getting to that point and, you know, I'm just going to continue to work hard. And when that time comes, it comes. Okay. Okay. I like that. That sounds pretty good to me, yeah. right? It sounds like the people that were being super dramatic. Yeah, it was, it was a lot going on, but, you know, it's, it's not, it's no better way of, you know, asking a guy itself, you know? I, that's the only thing I can and do, just right? just leave it at that. So that's, that's you say with your piece and we're good, man. Yeah. That's the way that it goes. Yeah. It sounds like we're not announcing a retirement or oh, something. No, 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 no. Or, or yeah. he won't be here for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's all we want to hear. Yeah. Give us some hope. That. Give us a little bit of hope. That's all we asked ask for, right? That's what we wanted here tonight. Yeah, we absolutely. Want, it looked like, if, you know, if you, I can play, I'll definitely play. We know that's that. That's the goal. That's we know the that. Look, Glenn's my guy. I love Glenn. Glenn and I go way back. Nobody's being dramatic about this. We're all listening to what the head coach of the organization is saying. He's got a big decision to make, suggesting that that decision could lead to a season-ending procedure, surgery, setback, something. That's that's what we're we're gathering. Like there there was nobody, you know, uh, overreacting to this. Maybe he's referring to a few tweets that were out there, but right. Well, and, well, and if there is any dramatics, that's what happens when people are in, like, when people are in the dark. Like, it makes people like speculate, like, what could be happening? What could be happening? And we keep getting vague answers. What's also funny is Tyus said in there, he's like, "Hey, there's nothing better than asking the guy himself." But then he made things more confusing because he starts out by saying, "I'm feeling great. I'm on the field, moving around very well." 
gaining more and more confidence every day. And so they're like, okay, great. This is awesome. And Rita's like, okay, so yeah. So, cause first Glenn's like, so, so there's no retirement. And she goes, or just that you're going to be back this season. And then where he like lost where like, it made me like at first I'm like, okay, cool. So he is feeling good. He's close. But then he says, trust me, if I can play, I will definitely play if I can play. And then I was like, well, now I just got confused again. You know, like there was no like clarity there where I did get clarity. So that was, I believe that was, um, Tuesday night. So Harbaugh comes back to pressures on Wednesday and people follow up with him again. This is where I got my most clarity, putting everything together. I'll, I'll explain it on the other side. What? What's best for Tyus? You know, I want I want this to kind of get resolved because he's worked hard to get physically where he can come back and play. You know, he's worked really hard to do it, and I, th I think there's some doctors' meetings going on this week. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what the resolution is. I mean, I'm hopeful that he gets back and plays. You know, that, but what you'd want, uh, it's going to be in his court. Uh, I think. You know, that's my understanding of it, and we'll just see what happens. But uh, those are those are serious, real decisions that guys have to make. So we'll see. Okay, so instead of surgery, which is what I was maybe initially thinking, what I think is we've got a Ronnie Stanley situation, uh, and this situation is a little bit different, or like J.K. Dobbins, where like it's up to the player to to what I think is maybe the Ravens trainers and doctors have cleared Tyus Bowser, but Tyus Bowser maybe doesn't feel one hundred percent. That's my new speculation. And if it's dramatic, my apologies, because <laughs> we still don't have clear and concise answers. Again, Tyus was like, just ask me, but he didn't really say anything. So that's what I think might be happening to where it's like, okay, maybe he's medically cleared, but he doesn't feel 100%. And so, and so I think coaches are kind of in this new world where it's like, all right, it's up to you. Uh, so I can't, so, so Harbaugh can't say after that, you know what I mean? I've got doctors telling me that he's cleared and, but I've got the player maybe not quite ready to go yet. And by the way, I was thinking about this more also is like, I was like, why don't we have clarity of what happened in the first place? Well, remember Tyus is on the NFI list, which means he was injured on his own away from the Ravens. So that is for Tyus to tell us what happened. It's not for, for like, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving Tyus his business. Even if like, even if I knew as a podcaster or as the head coach or whatever, like it's not my place to say it. So I think that would be on Tyus to explain what happened away from the Ravens facility. Like, I, I don't think it's his teammates. I don't think it's John Harbaugh. It's not the doctor's place to say what happened. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my guess is that maybe he's been cleared. And by the way, the Ravens have had an F minus when it comes to like the trainers and all that kind of stuff. So I do think these players have a right to say, uh, you know, I'm not comfortable. I'm not good to go yet. Um, but I, and I still don't know if that's what's happening. That's just my speculation. I have about five follow-up questions that I would have asked if one, I was in the building for the GCR radio Tuesday night hit after yeah. he said what he said there. And then when John Harbaugh spoke at the, at the podium Wednesday, like there were, there were no follow-ups asked. And so now it's like, I think a lot of folks, you, you, you're making sense, but it's speculation. Yeah. Right. And so I think a lot of us are just as confused as we were 48 hours ago. So anyway, let's keep yeah. moving.
Yeah, we got questions. Down, we got what down a rabbit hole like we knew we would there because we could go on for hours and you and you feel like you're going in circles. Let's go. Well, speaking of going in circles, the Ravens Let's have been the doing offense. that. Yeah, that, the Ravens <laughs> have been doing that inside the 20, unfortunately, as of late. And as I mentioned up top, Lamar was asked about a couple different things during his podium uh, availability on Wednesday, one of which was this Rashad Bateman sort of um, – just a slow start. They have not been on the same page as you transcribed. Lamar said, quote, I believe we're good. We always have chemistry in practice. We just have to transition it over to the game and show what we do in practice. It's a lot of guys out there getting open, so I'm just trying to spread the ball around, but we're going to be good as the season goes on. And then as for the interception, when he was throwing to Rashad on Sunday in London, remember I kind of criticized Rashad in the sense that I felt like it was a lack of effort thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar said, quote, he was getting pulled, breaking out of his route. When I threw the ball, he didn't have his, um, he didn't have his eyes were just coming up and the ball was high. So just a miscommunication there, but we'll be good. Uh, what did you make of Lamar's talk on Rashad here? Well, what I, a, f- a couple of things. Number one, um, he's n- never has and never will throw his receivers under the bus. He's always going to be, I also feel like Lamar's like an optimist. I feel like I get that a lot when he's, when he's talking, he's like, Oh, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. Um, but one other thing is I, he doesn't just use it here. He uses it somewhere else. He used the word miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And I just want to highlight that because people get after Harbaugh for being like, what's up with all these m- miscommunications. It's just, again, it's a vague term to not throw each other under the bus. Lamar wasn't going to sit up there and be like, okay, Rashad was supposed to to run here, and that's why, I th- but he ran the opposite way and I threw it here. Or it could have been the other way around, you know, where maybe Lamar got it wrong or something. Um, but miscommunication is like the vague term that all coaches and players use to not throw each other each other under the bus. And we see that again because Lamar gets asked about, oh, it's it's in, I have the I had the video up, but he he asked he got asked about the um the red zone, okay. So let me pull that up. Um, it's uploading here in just a second, but basically he's going to say in here that there's been some miscommunications. He goes, there's been some miscommunications here and there. So again, it's just like that's the term you use. Lamar knows what's going wrong in the red zone. He knows who was at fault with that interception. It could be him. It could be Bateman, but he's not going to get into that game because if he even puts it on himself, then it's like in the future, if he doesn't give it, put it on himself, then it means he's putting it, you know, on his wide receiver. So it's just one of those vague terms, but here he is on the red zone. Uh, Watching film. Um, I say we have a little miscommunication here and there uh, that I believe we're going to fix. And hopefully this week we start um, showing we can put points on the board in the red zone. They are also asked, because we've covered on here also, how the Ravens' uh, offense is slowing down in the second half of the season. Uh, Lamar Jackson, just to sum it up, he said that other teams are doing a good job of adjusting. Um, And so now they have to adjust back and do that more quickly was his main his main um, takeaway, OBJ, he gave an answer that I think most most fans agree with. He said, according to Jeff Zrebeck, that the Ravens can't let off the gas. And Zrebeck writes, quote, he believes that's the root of the team's second-half struggles. So 
Uh, not a lot of answers, but OBJ just saying that they're keeping the foot. They take it off the gas, and um, I, it, they probably do if they're up by 10, and that works if you're able to, like, convert when you run three three times, but they haven't been able to do that. Yeah. Well, let me pull up some of these statistics that you gathered, and, and while I do that, if you could go ahead and, and um, re-download the audio from Ar Orlovsky. I thought that was an old clip. My bad there. So you do that, and I'll kind of talk about what was something that ESPN discussed uh, on on NFL Countdown on on Wednesday? It's, it's basically you know they compared the first four weeks, statistically speaking, for how the Ravens have fared in the red zone, and then they stacked it up against the last two weeks. And so they go points per drive, touchdown percentage, touchdown, and and field goals. First four weeks, points per drive six point one. The last two weeks. 3.4. A uh, touchdown percentage the first four weeks, 80%. The last two, 22%. I mean, there you're you're gathering the the um the trend here, right? These are significant drop-offs. 12 touchdowns in the first four weeks to two in the last two weeks, and two field goals in the first four weeks, and six in the last two. That's the only one that's not trending in, in the same direction as the other three, but it's not supposed. It's not supposed to look like that. So, anyway, Spencer Schultz tweeted out a reaction that he had. You know, a lot of talk about the Ravens' red zone offense. They dropped two consecutive touchdowns against Pittsburgh, as we know. They threw a pick on a fade, tried to run the ball into a stout Titans front, uh, and lost. Lots of room for creativity. Need the offensive linemen to get displacement. Why'd you add that one? All right. Well, I just think that it's just a reminder, like, you know, a couple of drops. So you can blame some on maybe creativity of, of offensive coordinator. You got to remember the drops. I just like that he kind of had it all, you know, summarize some of the stuff that, you know, you, you tend to forget based off of maybe like the last play. But here's what Dan Orlovsky and Andrew uh, Hawkins, what their analysis on. I had to grab the audio because they had too much television footage on there so we get dinged on that uh so i'm just bringing gonna bring in the audio red zone across the league is down I, I, my theory and we're, i know we're gonna get into this hopefully in the next week or so all of us is just the lack of offensive line play dominating mm. in that region i think for the ravens it's the stuff that is missing in their pass game in the field is the same stuff that's missing in the red zone precision there's a very little precision in their red zone passing game right now and I would say to be a good red zone pass game, it's one of two things. Either super post-snap creativity by the quarterback, like a Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen. Now Lamar has some of that in his game. Or very precise. Ball out on time. Spacing has got to be very deliberate. It's got to be thrown to the right location. And you've got to have the guys that are seeing it Wide receiver, tight end, backs-wise, the same as the quarterbacks. The last two weeks, that has not been the case in Baltimore. That's the biggest thing that they have to get figured out to get back to kind of being a more consistent red zone offense. I love that. I completely agree, Dan. The precision in the red zone isn't there. And I'm looking at the leader yeah. of the wide receiver group in OBJ. What we're seeing from OBJ is we're seeing them transition from a top receiver with juice to the veteran receiver in that room. And what that means is you have to be an absolute for this offense. You look at this red zone play where he has the corner route. They're in man-to-man. -man. Yes, he's being pushed inside. He doesn't win. 
This next clip, which turns into a touchdown on the scramble, this is a mesh concept. And you have Zay Flowers coming from one side. His job is to affect that near side linebacker, and he misses him. Yes. And it forces Lamar out of the pocket to make a play. For OBJ, again, he is one of the best receivers we've had in this generation. Mm-hmm. When he's at his best, he has been the top, but now he is the veteran. I saw this transition with, with Miles Austin when I was in Cleveland. And again, he has to be the guy that in the red zone, it's like, when I go to OBJ, I know exactly where you're going to yeah. be. I know that you're going to affect these plays, even if you're not getting the ball, and you're a guy that everyone in this offense can rely on. All right, well, I'll pause it there. Uh, Dan Orlovsky goes on and, and agrees with him. So, um, yeah, that's their take. So it can be a little of everything. It can be on receivers. Uh, OBJ, remember, is coming off of an injury, so maybe he's not quite up to uh, the standard that he would have for himself, so certainly not writing him off, at, not even close yet. And he and Lamar... Uh, are still, you know, going to work on that chemistry. But it can be a receiver. It can be Lamar. It can be a drop. It can be Todd Munkin. It could be the offensive line not getting a push for the for the running backs. It can be so many things. And so uh, I think I think it's pretty clear that you know everybody has to look at themselves and see what they can do better. Let's get some quick hits before we get out of here and. Just a couple roster moves that were made earlier this week. The Ravens released running back Kenny and Drake. We know that Keaton Mitchell's now on the roster, and with two other backs on the practice squad, uh, the inopportunity wasn't there for the taking for Kenyon Drake. The Ravens are also signing a free agent safety, Andrew Adams, to their practice squad, uh, and there is a possibility of a quick elevation given their injury situation. He spent last year with the Titans. That is according to multiple reports at the national level. And then how about Tyler Linderbaum? Keep in mind when you look at these statistics, that he's been battling through the aftermath of a significant ankle sprain. And so, so far this season, 136 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero QB hits allowed. Sarah, this guy, it wasn't all that long ago that folks were really upset that the Ravens sent Marquise Brown to Arizona and in exchange went and used that 28th or something like that overall pick on Tyler Linderbaum. It's worked out pretty dang well over the first couple of years, and he is uh, as durable as it comes, even with that ankle injury. And we, how could we not finish with this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Roquan Smith was asked essentially about the 5-1 and one Detroit Lions that are coming to town as one of the top teams in all of football, and Rose says, ah, not to me just yet. <laughs> hey, I just think about it. Sunday, you know, Sunday we'll be, we'll be we'll be ready. So we'll be ready to welcome those guys here. Um, they playing good ball, but hey, you know, I'm from the show me business, so gotta show me. Was that via Jameson? Uh, I don't I don't know. I thought I took it out. Yeah, it actually was via Jameson. Yeah, I took it out because I thought the audio was poor. Some of this audio hasn't been great, but I'm in the show me business. You show me that you're the best, and I don't want to just see it on TV. Show it against me. It's it's Roquan. We love him. Oh. Goodness. Shouting out two of our returning patrons. He never misses. Joe Bonzel, Jason Barrett, we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month uh, here inside the channel. Coming up on 10,000 subscriptions, very, very close to hitting our first milestone. So if you've been enjoying the content, if you can find yourself coming back here daily and you haven't already done so please subscribe to the channel to help us reach that first milestone and uh, as always 
We will be back on Friday with our next Morning Vault edition. I got to be honest with you. I spent all day traveling. I am jet lagged as all can be right now. So this was a grind. I appreciate you, partner, for all the, the work you did to get us ready for this episode. And we will next talk to you guys on Friday morning. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Thursday morning vault. Talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.